Bug Jargal by Victor Hugo, Chapter 36 Meanwhile, the breakfast hour of Biasu had now arrived. There was placed before the Mariscal de Campo de Su Majestad Catolica a large shell of a turtle, in which smoked a species of olla podrida, seasoned with bacon, in which turtle flesh took the place of carnero and a mess of gray peas. An enormous carob cabbage floated on the surface of the stew. On either side of the shell, which served as a pot or a soup tureen, were two coconut shells, full of dried raisins and sandias, yams and figs. This was the dessert. A loaf of maize bread and a bottle of wine, bound round with a tarred string, completed the feast. Biasu took from his pocket a few heads of garlic and rubbed his bread with them. Then, without ordering the bleeding form from before him to be carried away, he began to eat, inviting Rigaud to do the same. Biasu's appetite was something terrible. The obi did not join their repast. Like others in his profession, I could easily understand that he never took anything in public. To induce a belief amongst the Negroes that he was supernatural and that he lived entirely without food. During breakfast, Biasu ordered one of his aide de camp to order the march past to commence, and the different corps began to defile past in fairly good order before the grotto. The Negroes of Morn Rouge were the first. There were about four thousand of them, divided into companies commanded by chiefs decorated, as I have already said, with scarlet breeches and sashes. These tall and powerful Negroes carried guns, axes, and sabers. A great many had bows and arrows, and javelins rudely made from other arms. They carried no standard, and moved past in mournful silence. Seeing this band pass, Biasu whispered to Rigaud in French, when will Blanchelons and Rouvray's shot and shell free me from these bandits of Morn Rouge? I hate them. They are nearly all of them Congos, and they only believe in killing in open battle. They follow the example of their imbecile chief, of their idol, Bug Jargal, a young fool who plays at being generous and magnanimous. You do not know him, Rigaud, and I hope you never will. The whites have taken him prisoner— and they may perhaps rid me of him, as they did of Buckman. Speaking of Buckman, answered Rigaud, there are the Negroes of Micaiah just passing, and I see in their ranks the Negro whom Jean-Francois sent to you with the news of Buckman's death. Do you know that that man might upset all the prophecies of the Obi if he were to say that he had been kept for more than half an hour at the outposts, and that he had told me the news before you sent for him? Diablo! answered Biasu. You're right, my friend. This man's mouth must be shut. Wait a bit. Then, raising his voice, Makaiah, he called. The leader of the division left the ranks and approached the general with the stock of his firelock reversed, in token of respect. Make that man who does not belong to your division leave his rank and come forward. It was Jean-Francois's messenger, Micaiah speedily brought him before the general, who at once assumed that appearance of anger which he knew so well how to simulate. "'Who are you?' cried he. "'General, I am a black. I can see that well enough. But what is your name?' 
My nickname is Vavalon. My patron saint is Sabas, deacon and martyr, whose feast is on the twentieth day before the nativity of our Lord. Biasu interrupted him. How dare you present yourself on parade, amidst shining muskets and white crossbelts, with your sword without a sheath, your breeches torn, and your feet muddy? General, answered the Negro, it is not my fault. I was dispatched by the Grand Admiral, Jean-Francois, to bring you the news of the death of the chief of the English Negroes, Buckman. And if my clothes are torn and my feet be mired, it is because I have run, without stopping to take breath, to bring you the news as soon as possible. But they detained me at the camp, and Biasu frowned. That is not the question, Gavache, but of your audacity to appear in the review in this disorder. Commend your soul to St. Sabas, deacon and martyr, your patron. Go and get yourself shot. Here I had another proof of the moral power of Biasu over the insurgents. The unfortunate man, who was ordered to go and get himself executed, did not utter a protest. He bowed his head, crossed his arms on his breast, saluted his pitiless judge three times, and after having knelt before the obi, who gave him plenary absolution, he left the cavern. A few minutes afterwards, a volley of musketry announced to Biasu that the negro had obeyed, and was no more. The general, freed from all sources of uneasiness, turned to Rigaud, a gleam of pleasure in his eye, and gave a triumphant chuckle, which seemed to say, "'Admire me.'